0: God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Return our attention this evening to Matthew chapter 11, familiar verses. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Most people know what a yoke is. Not an egg yoke, of course, but a yoke that you would put on animals, whether it's a pair of oxen or mules or horses. You may not have actually seen one being used, but I'm sure you've probably seen one maybe in a museum or in a book that depicts the settlers going west and that yoke of oxen pulling the covered wagon or maybe pulling a plow. Pretty simple device, pretty much just a piece of wood with two loops on it, one for each animal. I guess if you're going to... Choose some animals to be yoked together. You would probably want them to be pretty equal in size and pretty equal in strength so that they would pull together. The Bible makes it clear that all of us, all people, are yoked to somebody. Either the devil and the law or Jesus and the gospel. There's really no in-between, and whether it's the devil or it's Jesus, either way, we're unequally yoked. The Bible teaches us that by nature, all of us are born yoked together with the devil. We're born dead in trespasses and sins. We're born enemies of God We're born helpless to do anything about this, to to get ourselves free from the yoke of the devil. And so he's carrying us along down the road to eternal destruction, and we can't escape. It's to all who are yoked together with Satan that Jesus calls with this invitation, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. But Jesus doesn't want us to listen to that invitation. The devil doesn't want us to listen to Jesus' invitation. He wants to block our ears. He wants to distract us. He wants to tell us, you're free. And if you listen to Jesus' invitation, then you'll be yoked to someone and you won't be free. You won't be able to live your life the way you want to. You'll be burdened with the yoke. He uses that same deception and it worked so well for him with Eve in the Garden of Eden. When he told her, well, as long, Eve, as there's even just one tree from which you can't eat, then you're burdened, then you're not free. So eat and be free. Be your own master. You know what the result was. Satan wants us to see God as the one who's the evil taskmaster. Distract us by pointing us that way so that we don't see and realize that he really is the one who is the wicked, lying, evil taskmaster. Those who are yoked together with Satan are weary and burdened because being yoked together with him is like being an oxen on one side of the yoke and a Shetland pony on the other side. And Satan pretends to be that Shetland pony and makes us do all the work. while he doesn't do any. And if we get to the point where we're wearied and burdened and we say we can't do it anymore, he makes it even worse by blaming us, heaping guilt on us so that we're even more weary and burdened and worn out. Jesus pointed out how the Pharisees of his day would do that. In fact, the devil likes to use God's law to get us to be worried and burdened. That sounds kind of weird, right, that you would use something good, like God's law, in a bad way, but that's what the devil does. He twists things to use them in a bad way. He loves to hold God's law before us and say that if you want to get yourself free from my yoke, okay, just do this keep these laws. But he knows in advance we can't do it. He knows in advance that no matter how hard we try, we're going to fail over and over again. He knows in advance that we're going to fail and then when we do fail, he's right there to heap guilt on us and burden us and point out that it's all our fault. That's what those Jewish leaders of Jesus' day were doing. Pointing people to themselves, pointing people to the law, adding burden upon burden on their shoulders. Jesus warned his disciples. He said, don't be like them. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. If you think about the Passion history, there's no better example of them doing that than Judas. But Judas realized what he had done. And he was burdened with the guilt of the fact that he had betrayed innocent blood, Jesus. And he came to the Jewish leaders. They didn't lift a finger to help him. Just the opposite. They put even a heavier burden on him and said, that's your responsibility, Judas. You've got to take care of your own sin. Still in our world today, we have people like those Jewish leaders people who want to imply to their followers that if their life isn't really going the way that they'd like it to go, it's their fault. They don't have a strong enough faith. They're not serving God faithful enough. Because if they were, then surely God would bless them. And if they have strong enough faith, and if they've served God faithfully enough, then surely God would heal their illnesses and fill up their bank account and take care of all their family problems and everything would be great. And then when none of those things happen, then like those Jewish leaders, they're right there to point the finger, to heap on more and more burden of guilt and say, See, it's because you don't believe strongly enough. It's because you aren't serving faithfully enough. These legalist teachers don't lift a finger to lift the burden of guilt. They pile it on more by pointing people to themselves and pointing people to the law. Now, we too can be guilty of making others feel weary and burdened when we imply that someone who's caught in a sin or struggling with a sin, well, they just got to try harder and then they'll overcome it. We can be guilty of making others feel weary and burdened When we dismiss them, when we look down on them, when we point them to themselves and to their own power to do something, we heap the guilt on them. Instead of pointing them to Jesus. That's what they need to hear, right? That's what we all need to hear. That gracious invitation of Jesus. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. Jesus says, you who are weary and burdened, you are wearied by trying to do everything that you can to fulfill the law and failing miserably over and over again. Those of you who are burdened by the guilt of your sin, you're the ones I'm calling to. Come to me and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. He says, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We wonder, how can that be? How can a burden be light? How can a yoke be light? It doesn't sound like it's light, it sounds like it's hard. How can that be? As we're yoked with Jesus, he says, we learn from him. In fact, I was reading that very often people in Jesus' day would use the term yoke to mean you're a student and you have a master who's teaching you. You're, you're yoked together. We learn from Jesus. And as we learn from Jesus, we learn the truth about who he is and what he's done for us, what God has done for us. And that truth lifts the burden. That truth sets us free. As we're yoked together with Jesus, we see him facing all the temptations that we still face today. But then we also see that he resisted every one of them. But because we're yoked together with Jesus, the Father says, I consider that you resisted. As we're yoked together with Jesus, we see him doing what we fail to do. We see him keeping all of God's laws perfectly. But because we're yoked together with Jesus, the Father says, I'm crediting his perfection to you. As we're yoked together with Jesus, we see him betrayed and beaten, condemned and crucified. We're there with him on the cross and we see the burden of our sin put on his shoulder and not just ours. The burden of the sins of the whole world placed on him. And because we're yoked together with Jesus, the Father says, I'll count that as your payment for sin. It's done. It's finished. He's paid for it. Apostle Paul reminds us that it's through our baptism that we were united with Jesus. We're yoked together with Jesus in our baptism so that we were buried with him in his death and raised with him in his resurrection. So God says, I'm going to credit his righteousness to you. And his payment for sin, that's yours too. I've applied it to you. Because Jesus lived and died for us, we have rest. We have rest from the burden of trying to earn our own way to heaven, which is an exercise in futility, no matter how hard we try. We have rest from our guilt. When, like Judas, we're burdened by our sin and we realize that because of what we've done, we deserve God's eternal punishment. By God's grace, we have someone that points us to Jesus. We have parents, pastors, teachers, fellow Christians who don't do what the leaders of Jesus' day did, who don't say, that's your responsibility, you've got to pay for your own sin. No, by God's grace, we have parents and pastors and teachers and fellow Christians who point us to Jesus, and to what he has done for us, who remind us that Jesus has borne our burden for us. As we're yoked together with him, then we get to go through the valley of the shadow of death itself and end up in the home of our Father, living there forever. Are you weary and burdened? Jesus says, come to me. His words have in them the power to draw us, the power to enable us to do it, to come to him. And when we come to him, he gives us rest. He gives us rest from the guilt of our sin. He gives us rest from the fear of death. He gives us rest from the accusations and the insults of Satan. As we continue to learn from Jesus, as we review again during this Lenten season, all that he has done for us. We see that he is really our good shepherd because he laid down his life for us, his sheep. We see how gentle and humble in heart he is. We receive rest for our souls. In joyful appreciation for all that Jesus has done for us, for his gracious invitation to come to him to receive rest, we can respond as Paul Gerhardt did in that verse that's before us this evening. Lord, all my life I'll cling to you, your love for air beholding, you ever as you ever me, with loving arms enfolding. Yes, you shall be my precious light to guide me safe through death's dark night, my heart and sorrow cheering. Henceforth myself and all I have to you, my Savior, heir I'll give, into your cause, all pouring. You can say, I'm happy to be yoked with Jesus now and forever. Amen. Please stand.